Rookie Thievers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, another Rookie Fever Player Profile. And I'm here with one of my favorite people, Felix Sharp. You can't think of Felix Sharp without thinking of CampusCanton.com. And you can't you can't hear CampusCanton.com and not think of Felix Sharp. <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one, Felix. So you guys have some new tools coming out all the time. You've got your podcast. You're doing the Debbie Debate. You just did. You just had a pretty special guest on recently with you. I'll let you get into that. I want to talk about. Sure. Man, I feel like we need. We're doing a rookie fever player profile, but I'm like, I want to talk about the athletic comparison tool. I want to talk about. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to give you a minute. And then we'll get into this Rookie Fever player profile. But, Felix, I appreciate you being here. Said it to you before and true to my heart. Awesome to watch Camp to Canton and you grow. And uh, thanks for being here, man. Swags. You know what the people should think about when you and I get together is Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, stand up. Stand up. Two Kalamazoo boys. Just trying to make their way here in the fantasy industry. No, thanks. Thanks for the inter- introduction. You know, Campus to Canton is. Uh, we are trying to grow the format, make the information accessible. Two ninety nine a month or twenty nine ninety a year to get started there at campusdecanton.com. By the time you listen to this, we may have started Campus to Canton Month. The entire month of March is Campus to Canton Month, and what that means is our content is going to be geared towards people who are engaging with us and engaging with the format for the first time. So we're going to have live streams, uh, chats in our Discord. We're going to be doing some giveaways. If you are a fan of Matt Waldman, we are going to be giving away some copies of the RSP If for those who buy an NIL yearly subscription. Um, so that's all the stuff. That's I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg as far as what we're going to be go- doing. On March 1st, we will be releasing the... Uh, Campus to Canton Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide. If you know anything about Campus to Canton, you do a draft every year, just like in Dynasty. You do a rookie draft. We're talking about Jameer Gibbs today. There was one point in time where you could have drafted Jameer Gibbs as a freshman uh, at uh, Georgia Tech if you were playing in Campus to Canton League. So we prepare a publication every year. This will be our second year preparing the uh, Campus to Canton Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide. So you can see what freshman you're going to want to draft in your Dynasty rookie drafts three years from now, or what freshmen you're going to want to draft this spring in your freshman drafts in your Campus to Canton League. So uh, that's what we're doing. Yes, you did mention, I did have my, my former coach, Chuck Barton, who was the offensive coordinator in 2013 for Notre Dame Fighting, fighting, fighting Irish, that team that had, you know, uh, uh, Manti Teo and all that nonsense going on there, the team that made the NCAA championship. He was the offensive coordinator for that team. He was the head coach for Tommy, or excuse me, the offensive coordinator for Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese was just... Uh, uh, hired by Nick Saban as uh, as Alabama's offensive coordinator. So Coach Martin is now at Miami of Ohio. He's the head coach there. And so I got to talk to him for about 15 minutes or so about building a program and uh, and whether or not he ever thought about leaving coaching. Who was the best player he's ever coached? The best player he's ever had to game plan for. So if you you know would find that type of content interesting, go ahead and check out the Campus Can podcast feed. It's, you know, it's in the last week or so you can scroll through and find it and leave us a five-star rating review if you while you're at it if you like the kind of content that we're putting out and of course as always swags uh, check out campus yeah absolutely man and uh, honestly 
like Felix said, he said, check out the show, but you also need to subscribe to that show. So it comes to your feed. This is the time of year that you're you're digging for that content. Put the shovel away. It's, it's right here for you. Um, but yeah, anyway, we better get into this player profile before it gets too late. You mentioned who you're talking about tonight, today, this morning, whenever you may be listening. Jameer Gibbs. But why did you pick Gibbs? And my, it's so funny how podcasting works in my tongue because normally right there I'm, I'm trained. My muscle memory is supposed to be like, which player did you pick and why? But but I'm like, why did you pick Gibbs and nothing? <laughs> well, so um, he was a player that I gravitated to in my first campus at Kent Lee back in 2020. You know, there was very little research done beforehand. I'm kind of researching players as I go along. Well, here I am in the 20th round of this first, you know, C2C startup, and I see this kid from Dalton, Georgia, from Dalton, Georgia, who was not offered by Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Not good enough to go there. I see this kid just gliding through high school defenses there at, at Dalton, you know, very similar to Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook, kind of these slashing gliders who they don't have really pronounced jump cuts. They just kind of bend and set up blocks their way through the way through uh defenders i saw this i was like this dude is smooth as heck and so i immediately gravitated towards him kind of started talking about him i think even three years ago you can search my name in jameer gibbs i said if they aren't now people will be comparing uh jameer gibbs to to uh uh aaron jones jamal charles dalvin cook and we see those comparisons for him now this is back in 2020 before he had even played a snap at georgia tech um I like him because I think he represents where the NFL is going. So the Kansas City Chiefs uh, tried this about two years ago with Clyde Edwards-Solaire, you know, a player that you thought that they would utilize in the passing game. Obviously, that didn't work out. Jameer Gibbs is the evolution of this position. Are we going to give him 24 carries and ask him to run up the A-gap? No. But we can get him 20 touches. You know, eight of those might be catches 12 of them might be uh uh carries especially you know if he if he's on a team that has options on the outside i'm getting i don't know if i'm supposed to get into all this about jameer gibbs no i love it you asked me why i picked jameer gibbs this is why i picked him is because i saw i was like man this dude he was i think he was the 12th rated running back in his class i could be wrong this is the same class that had b john robinson of course i'm like man this, Mm -hmm. this guy is uh he looks to be really good i can't believe he's the ranked as lowly as he is. I mean, I think the the Debbie and C2C community ca- caught on really, really early because he didn't play his first game against, I forgot who Georgia Tech played that first year. He played, he was hurt. He played the second game. And his first touch, his first touch swag, he, he almost took a kick return back uh, to the house. Almost took a kick return back to the first time. After having all this hype, we didn't get to see him first week. We got to see him the second week. And his very first touch, you know, he's living up to the hype. And he remains through his three years at in college, two years at Georgia Tech and one year at Alabama, he remained one of the best kick returners in the country. So there's a lot to like about him. I think that he represents where uh, the position is going at running back. I want to slow this down a little bit. So I feel like, and, and you did mention the Debbie and the Campus Canton guys were on to him a little bit earlier, but I feel like you were on to him even maybe a little bit earlier. I feel like this could be a guy that is on a lot of your Debbie teams and your earlier campus to Canton teams. Am I wrong in that? No, no, you're right. I mean, kind of, and then you know, where I wanted to segue with that too, though, 
is I'm going to get a little bit off beat, but how important is it to you when you're drafting your campus to Canton teams on the college side? Because you're playing on both sides of the ball. How important is it to you to find that production through college that's also you're going to reap those benefits in the NFL versus just having a guy that's scoring you points in college where you you might know that the chances in the NFL are a little slimmer, we'll just say. How important is that to you in building your young side of your campus to Canton teams? Yeah, you're going to get varying answers on this. So there's I'm going to give you my own answer, but if you ask, you know, t- 10 guys uh, – who play campus Canton, how they weigh those things, you'll get mm-hmm. different answers. For me, um, I don't really care with with a lot of my early picks whether or not they're going to be productive on the college side. It just doesn't matter to me. Just think about, you know, if you think about the Georgia backfields with, with Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift and uh, uh, Sony Michelle, like those guys cannibalize each other as far as college production, but then they become, you know, NFL um focuses of a running game. So mm-hmm. as long as I can project that player to be a potential day two NFL draft pick, I'm fine with it because quite frankly, I can find a running back in the G5 at Western Michigan, at Central Michigan, at San Jose State, at uh, uh, Texas Al- San Antonio, at, you know, some, at, at Marshall that will provide the yards and touchdowns for me on the college side, but probably isn't an NFL player. So I, it doesn't, there, there are players this year going – there's a running back going to Georgia. There are two running backs that I like at Georgia. Neither one of them are going to have a 1,000 yards rushing. I'm never going to start them on the college side of my campus can league. Mm-hmm. They're, stu- they're still going to be NFL draft picks. So um, I think that you can account for um, whatever deficiencies, you know, one of these players might have as far as scoring, scoring points on the college side with players at lower-tier schools – who can, you know, when, when Nevada and Fresno State are playing each other, that they're going to put up 30, 40 points on each other. And the running back in that game is going to be just fine for me, even though he's probably not an NFL player. Yeah, you, that's interesting. I'm, I'm glad I asked this question because I wouldn't have thought about that. Um, and you know me, I'm newer into this format. But kind of, uh, you mentioned Georgia, I think, a couple times there. And like, while well, they're getting like maybe a four or five star recruit, maybe two of them. And those guys are going to be fighting for it, whereas some of the smaller schools just getting like one math player that's getting the opportunity to score you points on the college side. Um, campus to Canton leagues are fun, guys. It's a challenge, though. Like you need to get into it and just kind of uh, try to enjoy the ride. And, and again, go to campusdecanton.com. Get with Felix. Um, Felix has we're, we're not ending the show, I promise. But Felix has maybe the most true to like his name and who he is twitter handle it's sharper view on twitter and he's just sharp just a sharp dude um anyway anyway so we we talked about jameer gibbs <laughs> we, we talked a lot about what he's gonna do well in the nfl it sounds like he's gonna catch the ball and get some touches what kind of draft capital do you think is gonna go into jameer gibbs at this point I don't think it's out of the question for him to be taken on day one. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that he'll be an early round two draft pick. He's light. If he weighed, if he didn't weigh in at the combine, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that that could only hurt his draft capital. Um, we saw this with Kyron Williams last year when he, you know, he weighed in really, really light. I think Jameer Gibbs is a risk to be in the same range, quite frankly, because we saw. Uh, Mo Abraham from Minnesota. If you've never watched Minnesota football, Mo Abraham runs like a truck, and I would have thought he was 375 pounds. 
he weighs in at the East West Shrine game and he's 205. So if Mo Abraham is 205, I don't even want to think about what Jameer Gibbs may weigh. So, you know, I think he's going to be a little bit light. I'm not really scared of that. I've seen Alvin Kamara comps. Alvin Kamara was 225 pounds doing the same thing. You know, it's just not, it's not the same. Jameer Gibbs is, has a thinner lower half, probably a better receiver, specifically if they use him farther away from the line of scrimmage. I think that he can present a lot of problems for defenses that way. As a matter of fact, his head, his head coach at Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, they ran him on, they, first of all, they used him out of the backfield. They will line him up outside in the slot and run him there. But one of the staples of Georgia Tech's offense were these long, developing five-step wheel routes or rail routes, whatever you want to call them, where Jameer Gibbs is coming out of the backfield and basically running a go route along the hash against some linebacker in, in man-to-man defense. He was excellent at that, and you don't really see it. We've seen Aaron Jones used that way at times with Green Bay, but if you have a creative offensive coordinator that's going to maximize what it is that he can do, man, you can tear up linebackers trying to cover him in man. You could, I mean, quite frankly, he'll be a problem for safeties uh, in coverage too. But what this guy can do, what I think he can do away from the line of scrimmage to play like a receiver is, is just different. We haven't really seen somebody like Christian McCaffrey, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a great receiver, but we often see him run those arrow routes and choice routes, you know, five yards and then, shake one way and, and, and run, uh, you know, a five-yard out or five-yard in route. Jameer Gibbs, you can run, again, you can run him on, all right, we're going to run you on a wheel route out here and see if this linebacker can cover you 25 yards away from the line of scrimmage. He can do that. And I just hope they didn't do that at uh, Alabama. Bill O'Brien, I've never been a fan of Bill O'Brien. He's no longer there, actually. That's the offensive coordinator. Um, Never been a fan of him. I don't think that he's particularly creative. I think that he tanked Kiki Kuti's uh, value when he was at Houston. But if you can find an offensive coordinator that's going to use him in the passing game, the way that Jeff Collins did at Georgia Tech, man, he has a really, really high ceiling. And his ability. So, what system do you think that is? Do you do you have a place that a landing spot that you think will give us some of that opportunity and the fit that you've been thinking about? Can't. I mean, it's easy to say Kansas City. It's easy to say. uh, I think that it would be good in a wide zone scheme uh, for uh, either the Jets. The, well, the Jets have, have Brees Hall or mm-hmm. the um, 49ers, of course. I was thinking 49ers, with, too. With Kyle, Sh- Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan can figure out how to how to use them. So um, those are the those would be my preferred landing spots. Like I would love to, for him to come to my Detroit Lions, but my Detroit Lions seem to be more of a we're going to run you like right down the middle and gap. And I don't think that that's his strength. So um, definitely a team that's going to be passing the ball, get get him the ball in space, uh, put him on wide zone, get him out to the edge, and not necessarily try to run him between the center and guard. Uh, that's what about where, Miami? Yeah, another wide zone, another another Forty Nine ers. Kyle backs. Shanahan. That's a, Miami would be good too, especially with the threat that. Um, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, you can like never drop a safety into the box if you're playing Miami. Are you just, oh, well, okay, we're just going to give up a touchdown here. Yeah. So, and it, so that would be, that would be, a, that'd be a really another, another good one. I didn't even think, I was trying to think of all the uh, Shanahan coaching trees. I went to, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the, the, of uh, the Jets first, but the Jets actually fired um, LaFleur, the, uh, the, the offensive coordinator from, from the 49er system. So I think they'll still run right zone, but Miami, yeah, Miami would be, would be perfect. And then 
outside of his size, which you say you're really not too concerned about, do you have any concerns? He's not a thumper. You know, he's not going to be somebody who, like, you know, who when a linebacker reaches out and grabs his leg in the hole, that he just runs through it. Sometimes he will go down on those plays. He's a smaller player, but he is intelligent as far as setting up his blockers. I think he knows his own limitations. Um, his, his freshman year, I mean, he ran through uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Komura when they were playing uh, Notre Dame. He just ran straight. Jeremiah Wusu-Komura falls straight on his back. So when you are built this way, you're going to have some limitations. Just like if you were a five foot eleven basketball player, you aren't going to play center. It's just how it works. So he has some limitations, but I don't think that dynasty leaguers should be concerned about those. But yeah, he's everybody has limitations. Maybe not B. John Robinson, but everybody has. Everybody <laughs> has. Every player has some some limitations. And yeah, I mean, just you know, he's a smaller guy, so he's, he runs like a smaller player. He can get tackled a little bit easier than. Nick Chubb or, you know, Derrick Henry, but he's not built like those guys. Will he hit our fantasy starting lineups this year? Yeah, I think so. Flex spot, RB2? No, it's going to be a flex spot. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a full-time role to start. I think he's going to be paired with, you know, somebody else who will, uh, you know, carry the load on probably first and second down. I think he's going to be there in the two-minute drill and on passing downs. But I think that his his pass catching – Gives him a really high ceiling. Just swags, you're a Lions fan. Just remember the when we would um, uh, start Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick would get like no carries. Yeah, 10, 10 catches for fifty yards. He'd have fifteen points and have a terrible game. Like I think that Jameer Gibbs, if he's in the right system and they use him right, he has that type of of floor. But he offers way more, um, way more uh, ceiling as far as a rusher. I've even said, I said I would like to get a future on Jameer Gibbs being a thousand and thousand player uh, at some point in the NFL. Thousand wow, yards yeah. rushing, a thousand, a thousand yards receiving. I would take that bet. I would take CJ that bet. CJ 2K. So, 2K, but one 1,000 rushing and 1,000 receiving. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a lot. <laughs> I just hope that he goes. I'm here to, for it, though, Felix. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I would love for him to go to some place where they're going to use him creatively, not just run him into the back of the line of scrimmage. What do you feel like the consensus is on him right now in the dynasty community? He's been RB two for for, for a long time. I don't think that that's changed. He's still mm-hmm. RB two, um, and I've heard people say that you know he's he's RB two in a tier by himself. And I yeah, agree I've with seen that, that as well. Yeah, I don't think that there's, I don't think that the number three running back, whomever, you, you know, you may have is really in the conversation as, as far as, uh, as far as now I know my friend, Matt Waldman, I think that he loves Zach Evans, um, Zach Evans from, from Ole Miss, you know, some people are going to have Zach Evans up there, but I've got Jameer Gibbs. I've got Jameer Gibbs, uh, uh, at number, at number two. So yeah, I think he's, he's, my, he's been my, there were times where he was my number one running back as far as my rankings go. And then I kind of conceded and yeah, all right, Bijan is can do, the same kind of things in a bigger bot type, a more traditional NFL bot type. So I, I recanted and moved him to, to, to number two. But I mean, Jameer Gibbs has been my RB2 for, for, three, for three years. So. so what if we take Robinson out of this scenario and we regress to 2022 and we put him with Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, um, 
Brian Robinson, Algiers, some of those guys, where would you have him in that mix? Uh, he would probably be behind Brees. I mean, not, assuming that Brees is healthy. Brees, Brees showed me a lot last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brees was on his way to leading the Jets towards the playoffs. If he stayed healthy, he would have taken Mike White Jets to the playoffs. I mean, he was that explosive, that dynamic. And it oh, was he was taking starting- the Zach Wilson Jets to the playoffs. Yeah. They were winning with yeah. Zach Wilson because of Brees Hall. Yeah. So, um, he would be behind. He would be behind Brees, uh, and I, you know, so, I mean, they, they were in college at the same time, and I had Jameer Gibbs ahead of Brees, and I that I didn't know that he was going to be that damn explosive. I didn't see that on tape, but I, I can't get them all all right. So, um, and no mention to, of Kenneth to, Walker. No, no, no. I would have him ahead of Kenneth Walker. <laughs> like, no. Sorry. Sorry, Sparty. Sorry, Sparty. I would have him. Player versus player comparison. I feel like you mentioned a few with uh, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. Is that still how you feel today? Uh, not Dalvin, because Dalvin, you can you can give twenty carries to Dalvin. Mm-hmm. He he's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones feels more appropriate, more appropriate, but still not quite there. Um, I said Theo Riddick, and I know Theo Riddick feels like a bad comp. Well, let me compare. So in the passing game, I'd compare him to Theo Riddick because Theo Riddick had seasons with like 65 and 80 catches. As a rusher, um, I don't have a good comp I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe I just I don't I don't maybe Raheem Mostert. Um, so I don't. Theo I don't Riddick, man, was that guy though? Like people might not remember. Um, and Felix, you're you're like me. You play with people from all over the country in different leagues, and if you were doing that back then, you could get Theo Riddick relatively cheap and know that he was going to score you points. It's kind of always been that way with like some of the lion shade until Dan Campbell's starting to take this team over, build it up. But you, you could get players like Theo Riddick for nothing back in the day and even Marvin Jones and all those guys. And Theo Riddick, like, uh, like you said, everybody's probably scoffing at that comp, but he got it done in the passing game. He did. I mean, that was, you know, when the Lions were hitting their stride back in 2011 or so. He was on those 2011 teams where, you know, in the earlier teams where the Lions were passing the ball 40 times a game, Matthew Stafford, like he was just an extension of the running game. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Theo Riddick had a background as a wide receiver at Notre Dame. He was a wide receiver turned running back. So, you know, no surprise that he was that good in the passing game. But yeah, I mean, that's, I didn't flow similar to what Theo Riddick was at his peak at his height you know like if mm-hmm. you have a young quarterback and you all these none of these coaches want to turn the ball over they're all like that's why we don't see fades anymore they're trying to do more high percentage stuff well if you want to have extension of the running game that's you know passes that are essentially handoffs why wouldn't you draft a james cook to, that's actually I, james cook is a good comparison i think for him too i don't think that, and i i like james cook that's not a diss uh, um I think James Cook is a good compare. That's that's actually probably the the best one that I could think of. James Cook. Um, if you want to have a player be an extension of the running game, make high percentage throws to to a player out of the backfield. You know, potentially scheme them to take advantage of man coverage, so you get some middle linebacker who can't guard space on them. I mean, that's that's what that's what Jameer Gibbs could be if you utilized right. Love it, man. I got to know, though, like, is this your guy or who is your guy in the 2023 NFL draft? Who is my guy? 
your guy. You're not going to leave um, your rookie drafts without him. You're trying to get him in all your Debbie leagues now. You want him. So it's an interesting question because that always is value dependent, right? Like there are some guys that you, you can't take because their value is too high. They're going to get selected before you want them. I think all there are of your teams of- are too good. <laughs> so you don't have the one-on-one yeah. or two. Right. <laughs> right. So you have to pick a lower rated player. There are a couple of guys. I have always thought that Josh Downs was a first round wide receiver because he's essentially two receivers in one. He can stretch the field deep. He can he can play. He's five eleven, but he sometimes he plays like he's six foot three. He can go up and get the ball, gets the ball with his hands, and he can do the slot stuff too. If you want him to play like Hunter Renfro or Cole Beasley or you know one of these slot wide receivers, he can do that too. So so Josh Downs has has always been one in a you know a guy that I think. I I think that he's I don't know I, he's I think he's going to be a day one or day two NFL draft pick so maybe his value starts to climb up I don't I have a good sense for how the community feels about him because I quite frankly I feel like he's one of those guys people yeah either see people really don't like him or they really do I feel like he's one of those okay. guys yeah I just pay so much attention to like college content so I don't know how mm-hmm. so Josh Downs is one and then the other one is is Dwayne McBride I love the big bully running back that shrinks the tackling surface that, you know, you can wrap them up, but you're still going to fall off because they're running so with so much force and mass. I like those players. Uh, two years ago, it was Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year for me, it's Dwayne McBride. I know that he can't. Well, I should say we don't have evidence of him catching the ball, but that's UAB does not run their running backs that way. Now, UAB also notorious for straight up lying about their player heights and weights. They had a player that I really gravitated towards named Austin Watkins, a cousin of Sammy Watkins there at UAB. And they had him listed at 6'3", 215 or something like that. Goes to the Senior Bowl and weighs in at 6'1", 205. I was like, threw my hands up. So Dwayne McBride is listed at um, 225. He might be 210, but Mm -hmm. I still love the way he runs the ball. I don't know if he can catch the ball. So we're talking about a two-down player. But, again, this question is dependent on value. I don't think that a whole lot of people are out there saying, go draft this running back who has no catches out of UAB. Yeah. So no, this, I like it. Yeah, I like those guys. In the guys. third round, this is why we have third round mentioned. rookie picks, though. Yeah. So it, yeah. And sometimes those are the important ones, you know, to try to research some of those deeper guys and find out about them rather than, like, the, the top four guys and who you're going to take and what rookie pick you need to try to move up to to get that last, like, really stud player. You want to try to find some of the diamonds in the rough that fall a little bit further. So What's the I rough, can already though? tell you. I can already tell you. Like, next year, I, I always I, – I'm telling you, I like the same style of running back. Next year, when we have – hopefully you'll have me on. Hopefully I will not yeah. have myself. I'm, right. I'm putting you on now. I'm starting the show sheet for next year. It's, it's going to be Mayan Williams – who compares very favorably to Ramondre Stevenson and Dwayne McBride. Mayan Williams, who's uh, there in the starting backfield at, at Ohio State. He shares the backfield with Travion Henderson. That's the player I'm going to be like, yep, he's a fourth-round, fifth-round draft pick that I'm going to have on all my teams. I can tell you that right now because he's the same it. type of player. So you can go start trying to add him to your Devi teams now, yeah. make some trades today. What about somebody you won't touch? Somebody I won't, Will, Will Levis. <laughs> I think he that's chuckles. a popular answer. He's like, probably he couldn't even it. say it without laughing. <laughs> I, it's blasphemy to say that Jackson Smith 
I don't even want to because this is this is forever. Podcasts are forever. I'm not even. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. Will Levis is my answer. Will Levis final answer. I like it. I, I'll edit the other part out. Like, what was he? What was he about to say? What was he about to say? Um. What about some advice you want to give them to na- navigate this offseason through rookie drafts, maybe Debbie leagues, campus to Canton, something you're doing, you're implicating to your teams right now or in the future? Uh, there's so many different ways I could go with that question. I think for me, I mean, I get I'm like I'm at the point now where, you know, people are depending on me to be an evaluator and um I have learned from people like Matt Waldman, people like J.T. O'Sullivan, um, Paul Pertichese, and Matt Caraccio at Saturday to Sunday Football. Uh, I mean, I could think of some other names here. Like how, what to, I mean, I've played ball, but I've continued to learn to how to evaluate players. So if you purchase the Campus to Canyon Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide on March 1st, which I'm sure you're going to do, um, and, and shoot a DM when you do, like you'll, I think you'll notice um, that evolution about how to evaluate players, what they are good at and what they are not good at, and what situations where where could they be successful. I, I think that we're always looking for good. Is this player good or bad? Well, that's often dependent on lots of different circumstances, and it's not a one way answer. Uh, it could be for some people, like you know, B. John Robinson. I mean, put him on; he's he'll probably be fine, but. There's more nuance. So I think that all the people. So your question is, what advice would you give? Like read, reading, you know, what people write. And and if evaluation is something that you want to do, find some evaluators you respect and read um, their work or listen, listen to their work and listen to how they talk about players and incorporate those thoughts into your own evaluations. And then the other thing I would quite frankly, I would say is like, you know, the fantasy community is small and it can be a toxic place, but at the end of like this game is just, is fun. It's a, so just have fun. This is not real life. It's just not, it's not real life. So, um, jump into a campus to camp league and don't be scared about losing or like not doing well. Challenge yourself and see how much fun you'll have when you're starting players on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, because you got college football, you're starting them on Saturday night. You know, the get, you know, you're watching Texas, Alabama, on March on excuse me Texas Alabama on September 9th this year you're watching it with a different eye because uh because you've got players in that game you're starting a, a, a is that really Mitchell. when the game is oh September yeah it's September it's September 9th it's September 9th I know because I'm it's going like six to, months away dude I just <laughs> why do you know that I, because I bought tickets to Colorado <laughs> Nebraska at Colorado earlier okay. this week. That's going to be Coach Prime's uh, first game in, in Texas, Alabama is the same is the same day. Um, but no, you start watching the game with a different lens. You're starting Quint Ewers and you're starting uh, Ty Simpson at Alabama or Jason McClellan or, you know, you, you've got action with with Blake Corm at Michigan or Travion Anderson at Ohio State. You know, you're starting to pay. Wait, hey. Uh, Ohio State just lost C.J. Stroud. Who's going to fill in for them? Is it going to be Kyle McCord? Got an interview with Kyle McCord like a year ago. You should go find on the Campus Camp podcast feed. Or or is it going to be um, uh, Devin Brown, this kid who went to the same high school as Zach Wilson and uh, was putting up numbers there in, in, at uh, at Corner Canyon in Utah? So, like, I think that 
the advice is read and then have and have fun with it. If you love football, you know, just use this thing as a release from real life because there's so much going on in the world. We got trains exploding in East Palestine. We got balloons and stuff in the air. We don't know what it is. Aliens are here. You know, there are mass shootings everywhere. So there's a lot of stuff to be um, that can get you down and get you depressed. Let this be fun. Let this be a release. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's that's that'll be my advice. I love it, man. I appreciate you a ton, Felix. Always. It's at Sharper View on Twitter at campscanton.com. Plug away. Plug away. No, you uh, you you hit everything, man. Just uh, be on the lookout. It's Campus to Canton. March is Campus to Canton month. I don't think I've told anybody that. So, is that uh, tomorrow? So it starts Wednesday tomorrow. Is March <laughs> Campus to Canton month. So if you are, uh, if you have not interacted with us or uh, tried format, you're going to want to pay attention to us in March. And again, as I said, uh, we are giving away. I should. I mentioned earlier we're giving away some RSPs. We are giving away 10 RSPs people buy an NIL yearly subscription. That's $79.99 for a year. And you get all of our content at Campus to Canton under that subscription. You get three guides. You get the Freshman Supplemental Draft Guide, which will be released on Wednesday, March 1st, essentially tonight. You'll get that guide, and you will get College Fantasy Football Guide that will be released later this summer. And if you're one of the people who sign up, uh, and get one of these packages, you will also get the RSP. So four guides, all of our college rankings. I, I've got yeah. like 150 wide receivers ranked. So it's the best deal that we've offered um, since uh, since we started about two years ago. So yeah, to us, March Campus Canton Month. I want to add to that super quick. Um, so Felix mentioned that Twitter, social media can be that toxic place sometimes. Um, that make sure you're having fun. And he mentioned to like kind of pay attention to him and, and, and whatnot. What I'm going to say is take that a step further. And if you see that Campus Canton logo going around or any of the guys, if it's in their bio, don't just reach out to them. Those guys are cool. Like those guys are not the like scary people on Twitter. If you're like not comfortable all the time, like reaching out and you wonder what this people's going to say or are, are they going to reply to you? I have found your crew. Felix, if, if is it okay if I call them yours? Like it's your crew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my boys, yeah, my boys and Hannah to be like Hannah, yeah, Hannah. and Hannah. Sorry, Hannah, such a humble group, truly. And so I, I would even take it a step further and talk to them, find out where to find these leagues. If you need any help on the website or finding shows, anything like that, just questions about prospects. Don't be afraid to talk to those people on Twitter. It doesn't have to be toxic. But it can be. I know what you're saying. I, I agree with everything Felix said. But um, if you see that logo, if you see it in their bio, talk to those dudes. And with that, Felix, I'm going to get us out of here. I'm at Swagzilla0G. This is Rookie Fever. This was a player profile. And you should follow at ArtBarkTV. And we're out. Rookie Fever. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. I light up when you call my name, and you know I'm gonna treat you right.